Hey, Chris. Hey, what? Do you like fixins? Oh, I love me some fixins. A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And before our yearly Super Bowl trailer show, Ooh. we're going to talk about Marvel's runaway casting job. Ooh, okay. Ben Affleck stepping back from the directing The Batman. Oh, question mark, question mark. Question mark. At first look at Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. That show, that's that's coming eventually, <laughs> and more. Yeah, so this is our uh, our pre-show, I guess, to say, for the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Now, I think most people out there uh, pre-gaming for the Super Bowl, they're they're more excited maybe for the actual sporting event taking place. But we at, at the Superhero Slate, we are excited for everything. Uh, running through the middle of the of the game and everything outside the periphery of the Super Bowl. So I'm talking uh, I'm talking about Super Bowl snacks on the outside, yes. and then we work our way into the commercials, and then within the commercials we have the real true meat of the Super Bowl for us, which are the movie trailers. Movie trailers. I will even go so far as to say commercials. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, it's just as hard to stay fresh. <laughs> And non-spoil on the commercials today as it is movie trailers, uh, to, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because, I mean, people uh, are sitting down, they're watching them, they're releasing them a week early. Here's our Super Bowl spot. I'm like, well, why would you do this? Now yeah. Now I don't want to watch it during the Super Bowl. So I've not watched anything as of yet. I, I feel very I, confident I've going se- I've seen one Budweiser commercial but uh, that I'm not really too worried about that. It wasn't particularly funny. I'm not saying the Buzzweiser commercial needed to be funny. But usually when you think Super Bowl commercial, you think of uh, some sort of humorous commercial. Usually Doritos has something funny. But And then always you're looking out for like the, the trailers. And I feel like there's always like there's – there's always a couple different classification of the type of trailer you're going to see at the Super Bowl. Uh, first of all – there's always going to be like a, like a winner. There's always going to be like one trailer that everybody's looking for, that everyone's looking out for, expecting, you know, and it's usually like a debut trailer, like the first time you've seen footage of something. I think you have fond memories of the first Avengers Super Bowl trailer. I think you've Do talked about that on the show before. Ever. But that's I, like, that, that was like debut footage, you know? Well, no, it was the second trailer. But it was new footage for that. Uh, oh yeah, it was so. new footage. Yeah, it, it was like the second trailer. So like I, I'm, I'm put them more into first half trailers and second half trailers, um, because the first half of the game, I think you're gonna get the better ones. Yeah, for sure. And then those other trailers are kind of almost like I feel like the last ditch efforts to get people to get excited about the movie. Like you know that like. Um, king arthur guy Ritchie movie that like i am so lukewarm on i don't even care about mm-hmm. uh i i have a really strong feeling that that's probably going to have a second half super bowl trailer and just because the the company's just like we got to have one last marketing push on this movie or no one's going to come see it so i just i guess my first super bowl prediction is we're going to have a very lackluster king i think it, the movie's called king arthur or something like that we're going to have that guy Ritchie uh super bowl trailer and they're just going to try to cram it with probably as much tna explosions if there are explosions back then i don't know what kind of movie they're making and swords and stuff they're just going to try to make it as manly as possible get it in front of that super bowl audience and hopefully people will go see that so that's my first super bowl prediction see i'm actually on the other end i think super bowl is for trailers that aren't coming out for several months and this is to get the buzz talking um so i think at this point in the game we won't see one of those but i really i feel i feel marvel's taken one trailer there and I think it's going to be Guardians mm-hmm. and not Spider-Man this year. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, we, we're, we're overdue for a second Guardians trailer. Mm-hmm. And we are, it's what, um, the first week of February uh, to March, April, May. We are three months away from this movie debuting. And Lord knows we don't need a trailer to get us hyped for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume exactly. 2. <laughs> but a lot of people, that surprised a lot of people in 2014. A lot of non you know, comic book superhero moviegoers really fell in love with it. And I think this is a time to remind them, hey, there's a sequel coming out 
This is uh, our second trailer. The third trailer will obviously be to tickets are available now, but this one's going to say, hey, Guardians is coming. Don't forget about Baby Groot. Yeah, I think the, the the second biggest question is that kind of uh, nails things down on the Marvel side of things. But I'm kind of curious, is there going to be more for the Disney side of things? So I think the big question up in the air is, are we going to see footage from The Last Jedi? Obviously, I think, I think things are swirling around it to be uh, maybe a good idea for them because the Super Bowl commercials, since they're so expensive, no one out there is buying like three spots in a row to show like a full like a minute, 30 second trailer. It's always like 30 second trailer spots and 30 seconds is just like the perfect amount of time for like a real teaser trailer. So I feel like maybe we're going to get something Star Wars-y like, and it'll probably be similar to the first trailer we got for The Force Awakens, like the first teaser trailer. You know, we're just going to see maybe something some scenery shots, maybe some uh, some sort of spaceships. You know, we'll, we might hear some sort of like uh, like evil like tone in the background. You know, some sort of like uh, abstract lightsaber coming coming mm-hmm. out of its uh, out of its handle, uh, and then probably some sort of look, probably some maybe some sort of stance. I'm thinking of Ray standing next to Luke, both holding lightsabers, and I feel like that's when it cuts to Star Wars: The Last Jedi um, title screen. So I feel like that could be like maybe one of the first trailers we get because usually they they put the best like at the very first commercial break, and then their second best is like. Just I want to say just before halftime, because um, after halftime hits, you know, the the game's the game's pretty much done when it comes to a trailer, a big blockbuster trailer. So I guess that would be my other prediction was is I think we might get that Star Wars teaser. I I'm gonna lean a little bit uh, the other way, um, mm-hmm. mostly because of, of something I, I I remembered earlier. This is the big year for D23 and Star Wars celebration in Orlando mm-hmm. this year. I'm thinking, judging by past trailers, and Lord knows our track record is shitty um, <laughs> for guessing trailers. Yeah, for guessing trailers, it's awful. <laughs> like, it just uh, put a put a put a forecast. One of us is going to be right, and the other one is going to be wrong, or we're both mm. going to be wrong. But I think it'll they'll wait till April to give us something. But I, we've not seen any footage of this yet, and we need to. So I'm really hoping I'm wrong, and they they give it to us uh, this year. Yeah, well, I, I think, speaking D23, I think that would be maybe a good time for a full-fledged trailer. But, you know, just a 30-second spot just seems really solid. So mm-hmm. um, that that's that, that's what I can say about Star Wars. Crossing my fingers, I'm just going to go ahead and just hope. Because sometimes you need, a little, you need a little bit of a surprise when you're going into the Super Bowl. Because sometimes I feel like if you dig deep enough, you can almost find out every commercial and trailer that's going to be playing. So I kind of like to take a step back and be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Totally, totally do. Uh, my hopefully to be surprised is actually a Justice League uh, preview. Mm, yeah. Uh, um, I've seen Wonder Woman. We've had several Wonder Woman trailers. I would like to see a Justice League preview and actually see the villain or, you know, something, a, a nice action piece Yeah. Uh, to, to get the blood flowing and get the pump, like, you know, the energy pumped up because it's a Super Bowl, right? We're already energized. We're already a lot of emotions running high for no real reason whatsoever. <laughs> So a uh, Justice League trailer would definitely, um, I think, tap into those key emotions and go yeah. from there. Well, the really fun thing about Super Super Bowl trailers is they're they're packed for punch. There's always one big defining moment in the trailer that they that they ended on, and it. I, I can think back to the the trailer for Jurassic World. Uh, I believe I'm almost 100 percent sure that they had a Super Bowl trailer, and that moment, that big moment in that trailer was that big uh, water dinosaur. I don't really know the the scientific mm-hmm. name of whatever that was, but it water coming out of the water is the scientific name. Yeah, <laughs> but coming out of that pool and like eating that other kind of medium sized dinosaur or whale or whatever it was, that was a big moment in that trailer, and that was the moment everybody was talking about. So I feel like if we do get Justice League, I feel like their big moment is going to be a shot of Superman, and he's going to be in like his black outfit obviously over here at superhero slate we're not surprised that he's still alive but i think maybe they might reveal him with a slightly different uniform or costume and how does he keep getting these like does he when he goes back to his uh justice uh, or his fortress of solitude like does like new costumes unlock for him when he uh, gets these achievements like oh you rose from the dead here's your new black costume son so i don't i don't i don't really know how that works but i feel like because we, we haven't seen superman yet you know we've seen all this justice league stuff but we're soups so I feel like we might get a little bit of him, or at least maybe his boots with his cape or something. I don't know. Yeah, a nice a nice reveal would be good if we did get a Justice League tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that. So so my my surprise that I wouldn't be surprised with is Justice League. Um, 
and again, I, I'm in the same boat. I've taken a step back. I don't know. The only two things I know that are in there are in the Super Bowl because I saw one was released like three days ago is the Transformers The Last Night. It has a trailer uh-huh. there. And uh, Stranger Things will have a trailer apparently. Yeah, I actually I saw that and I was pretty surprised because I think I was just scrolling through some sort of feed and I saw the words Stranger Things Season 2, Super Bowl, something. So I didn't click into it because I didn't want to be spoiled of what it was. But I think it's pretty cool that Netflix was just like, hey, Stranger Things is um, enough of a cultural phenomenon. Everybody loves these kids. You know, they were in that opening uh, little uh, bit for the Golden Globes. You know, I think it's cool that they're going to basically shove down enough money and put them in front of people at the Super Bowl. That's awesome. So, um, way to go, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, um, on that note, so so now that, you know, now I know that Netflix is putting money into the Super Bowl, which, which blows my mind. I never thought they would to begin uh-huh. with. Um, I'm thinking an Iron Fist teaser it should, should be brought into play here. I mean, we're five weeks away. I think they could surprise us with that. I mean, that's kind of, a, I guess, a question that I was going to ask you that you kind of just answered. I was I was going to say, what are you kind of hoping for that you don't think is going to happen? Just because I just don't think Iron Fist, maybe. I would, I would see maybe something Defenders-oriented, because I think maybe that would be big enough for the Super Bowl, but I don't see maybe Iron Fist. So maybe Defenders, but that's a little far out. I feel like we're not going to get any footage of that until we actually see Danny Rand in action. So uh, I would not put my money on Iron Fist, but you know it would be it would be a welcome surprise. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh Netflix, why did you waste your money on Iron Fist? You know. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't. Again, I don't know. I think Iron Fist needs a little more um, exposure than the other okay. defenders yeah. did because Luke Cage was in Jessica Jones, and um, and Jessica Jones needed a little more exposure at her time as well. So I don't know. I could I could see it going either way. Now that I know Netflix is willing to spend money on stuff, uh, mm-hmm. because beforehand you know you never saw Netflix advertise outside of Netflix. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, like like we we're dedicating this whole episode, you know, kind of to the Super Bowl or at least this segment. So it's special enough to bring Netflix out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, very very special and enough for me to host a Super Bowl party, Mike. That's oh, that's awesome. My first time ever hosting, and I I am ready to sit down and watch a lot of these things <laughs> in the comfort of my own home with my surround sound system <laughs> and all the delicious goodies that we are making. Yes, so. that yeah. So before we kind of off this topic of, uh, of the Super Bowl and we move on more into the news here, I, I would be I would be sad if we didn't at least for one moment talk about the snacks we're going to be having during the Super Bowl because I think who doesn't love snacks? So let's just take let's take a brief moment here. What's the what's the one snack that you're looking forward to? Kind of the one snack you associate with the Super Bowl. So I am a big fan of the simple chili cheese mixed dip with oh, uh, Tostitos nice. scoops. You can mm-hmm. you can snack on that the whole game. It's you put it in a crock pot, keep it warm. It's not going to go bad. And that's well, basically just like Velveeta and like a can of chili, isn't it? Pretty much the most basic <laughs> thing you could ever make, and that is the one thing I always have to have at nice. my my Super Bowl parties. Mike, what's your what's your go to? So this isn't exactly like any sort of groundbreaking like recipe. I I, I had a, a a friend back in high school made made it and I tried it and I've loved it ever since. It's a it's a buffalo chicken dip. It's basically just like you mix in some chicken with some cream cheese. You throw in some like Frank's Red Hot sauce, and you bake it. And there's a couple other things, but basically it tastes like like a buffalo chicken wing in a dip. And you like eat it with like club crackers or like potato chips, whatever you want to dip in there. But it's really delicious. It's kind of like the one time I look forward to eating it because it's not healthy. I mean, once you're throwing cream cheese in any sort of recipe, it's kind of an occasional thing. It's not something you can work in every week. So uh, I'm going all in on that tomorrow. So that's 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 my Super Bowl dish. So I'll be sitting down, dipping into that, and crossing my fingers for the last Jedi footage. Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, I think that's that's funny. Uh, I think that you could have a nickel. For every buffalo uh, chicken dip <laughs> out there at the Super Bowl, and we'd be rich people. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think this year I'm taking my game up. Since we're hosting it, I decided to up my game. I'm making hot wings, Mike. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna mm. make hot wings, and I bought Hooters mild sauce to cover those <laughs> wings in. All right, all right, man. I don't have the assets to deliver these wings as the Hooters waitresses would, but at the same time. The the hot sauce is to die for. 
So. <laughs> the hot sauce, which you referred to as mild sauce, which I yes. find uh, humorous. <laughs> it's mild hot sauce. Okay, I mean, I've got, I've got to, I've got to cater to everyone's palate here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to find a, the lowest common denominator for these uh, uh, wings. So, well, Hooters wing sauce, lowest common denominator. <laughs> Superhero slate quote. Yeah, totally, totally is. So, um. Any other Super Bowl things you want to throw in here, Mike? Are you going somewhere? Are you staying in, doing your own thing? Like, uh, I I am I am prepared to watch in the same fashion I'm prepared every year. Is I'm just gonna find a couch, absorb myself into it, and just uh, hopefully no one distracts me when the commercials come on. Okay, well that's that's <laughs> what you do. If not five seconds later, you'll be logging into YouTube to watch them. So. <laughs> exactly. And this is also a good point. Uh, all the trailers and commercials and stuff we, we deem worthy of talking about over the Super Bowl, we will be recording right after the game tomorrow and uh, putting that up as soon as we can. So yeah, uh, there will be a part two to this, much like we did last year. I liked it. It was fun. We're doing it again. Oh, yeah. So Super Bowl is a highlight of this weekend. However, we have a gut punch in terms of news, Mike, as we jump Ooh. into the news. With all right. The Batman, Ben Affleck has stepped away from directing the Batman Ooh. movie for the DC Cinematic Universe. So I think, you know, we're going to unpack this a little bit because I've looked into this a little bit this week because it's big news. I can't avoid big news myself and wait a whole week until the weekend for you to dive it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think that at first glance, it's not good news, I would say, in general for Warner Brothers. I think uh, Warner Brothers, I, I feel like they just can't keep that train moving without having to stop and have all these bumps and having to try to like get rocks and logs off the tracks and stuff like that. It's, so it's, it's rough going over there for them. So it's not like the Batman is not being made anymore. It's just he doesn't want to direct it. So does that does that make us feel nervous? Because we know we know he has a lot of creative integrity, especially when we were talking about the script a couple weeks ago. Um He's waiting for something uh, on paper that he really wants to make. He's waiting for something that's right because he wants to do the Batman right. So I give him credit for that, and if the movie gets delayed because he's waiting for a good script, that's awesome. But it looks like he's also really nervous about himself directing it because I believe he said he doesn't think he can portray the Batman and direct the movie at the same time. He said it was it would just be too much for him to handle. So I guess you could take that as maybe some more creative integrity there. So he's taking more and more responsibility off of himself so he can make the best Batman movie he can. I mean, and some people are just saying he's rattled from the movie he just had come out. I think it was called Live by Night. I guess that didn't. I guess that did not go over very well. I don't know box office wise or critically wise, but he's not happy with the performance of the movie. So maybe Affleck's getting a little rattled. I don't know. Well, so to me, this is the second big bad news we've had in a row from from Warner Brothers in the DC Cinematic Universe. Last week, The Flash is getting a page one rewrite, and Mm -hmm. um, the first draft of that was actually written by uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, right? Uh-huh. So, like, if you've got a script by them, like, just tweak it a little bit. Like, they do great stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so a page one rewrite by a guy who did a, a the shittiest movie I've ever seen called Awake is not making me feel better. And then this kind of, I don't know. Some people likened it to the word, to the phrase growing pains, but DC should not have growing pains on their sixth or seventh movie down the road. Uh-huh. Uh, they should have had this worked out a long time ago. Um, now, if he's stepping back as director... And he's waiting to get the script right. He's also writing the script. Like, that's... So, I can get where the too much directing it, acting in it, and writing in it can come from. Like, that's a lot of work to do on a movie, no matter who you are. Uh Uh, So, I can see him stepping back. But we also have news that his frequent collaborator, Chris Terrio, has reworked the script as well. Uh, Terrio is uh, known for... I think he worked on Man of Steel a little bit, and... um, the Batman v Superman uh, Dawn of Justice as well. So I don't know how that's going to play into it, if that's another notch against it or not. Uh-huh. I don't know what to feel, man. I'm just, like, I'm worried he's just going to back out completely. Like, yeah, I, if he yeah, backs out completely, what happens 
going forward, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's just news that makes you nervous. It's not news that necessarily fills you with dread. It's just you feel like okay, there's just more and more shaky ground. Like uh, Warner Brothers is already on shaky ground with you know the three movies that they've put out right now. But then we thought, oh, with Ben Affleck coming along, being Batman, directing his own Batman movie, basically it being pretty much his vision, you know, you felt pretty stable. But then when you start to hear these things about you know script delays and oh now he's not directing the movie, you're just back to shaky ground again so it's just like it's almost just more and more pressure that's getting put on top of wonder woman and getting put on top of justice league later this year like uh, it's almost like what happens if those movies don't do good like Mm -hmm. what happens if no one likes wonder woman what happens if no one likes justice league is that just say goodbye to the rest of uh, warner brothers and comic book movies you know what's gonna go on over there uh obviously i hope that's not the case i want a good wonder woman movie i want a kick-ass justice league movie but I mean, I think I think honestly, just us who is jumping into this news every week, I think we just want some good Warner Brothers news. That's mm-hmm. all we need. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with that. Um, I think the the worst part of this news is reading that there is now a, uh, a petition started to have Zack Snyder direct the Batman, <laughs> and I would rather get a root canal while rewatching Batman v Superman than have him. Um, <laughs> do the batman movie on top of that i mean what well i i if who I know, would you if pick I, I mean if i know anything about online petitions that's not gonna do yeah that's not gonna do anything uh i don't remember the director's name but i really liked the director's work who did the first kick-ass movie i don't know if he happened to do the second kick-ass movie i can't keep track of all these people but i mean he kind of directed his own batman sequence in that movie with big daddy so i mean he he showed off his uh he showed off his uh skills there so bring that guy in yeah that's matthew vaughn i believe yeah that's it yeah did he do x-men first class as well yeah. And I want to say maybe he did Kingsman. I don't he remember. He did off do the Kingsman. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I like that guy. So, um he he knows what he's doing. I think he can handle a big property like Batman. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Matthew Vaughn's a choice I didn't even think of. Uh he 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 did um do you see the movie Stardust as well? Mm. It actually had uh, Charlie Cox, Daredevil, in it. It's based on the Neil Gaiman book. It's um, a very entertaining sci-fi kind of fantasy uh, movie. And Matthew Vaughn does great stuff. I agree with you there. Um, I saw someone, I believe it might have been Kevin Smith, say George Miller, uh, who recently did the Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in talk to do maybe the Superman movies, but maybe he could come in and do a Batman movie instead. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, he's used to being... Uh... He's used to dealing with the grit. I love the grit of Fury Road, so I think that would uh, translate pretty well over to Batman. And talk about a multi-purpose director. If he can make, like, Babe, you know, he can also make Batman, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I that's I mean, those are some good choices. I'm okay with those. Um, but, yeah, I just yeah, – I agree with you. We, we need some good news out of there. Um, and, and that's going to bring us to our next topic here. The, the most positive movie – that I think I've heard so far has been Aquaman, who is like the worst DC Comics book character, <laughs> and um, they've they've ma- they've somehow managed to make me feel good about him. They've cast a great badass uh, character uh, to play that with Jason Momoa, and uh, they're still casting more people. Uh, I, I don't. I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II from the TV show The Get Down. Uh-huh. has signed on or was signing on to play the villain Black Manta in the movie. Ooh, I love Black Manta just because I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. I've been jumping into the, the DC animated uh, uh, shows. Uh, Black Manta was a big role in the, in the second season of Young Justice. I thought he was really badass in that, so I'd love to see Black Manta. He's such an a cool. He has such a cool character design. Like I love mm-hmm. that imposing helmet with that kind of alien fish-like uh, eye eyes to it. So I'd love to see how that gets translated onto the big screen. I hope they keep it as weird as imposing because that's almost what makes it seem more creepy. So I love I love the idea that we're going to see Black Manta in there. And I actually just wrapped up the the three parter. Um, uh, series for uh, Justice League, the animated series, because they do all these awesome parts. Because you know I'm rewatching that, so they I just wrapped up Aquaman stuff, and Aquaman's a badass in there. Like he fucking chops his own hands off, you know, to save his son. 
uh, when he gets double crossed. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff to explore with uh, with Aquaman. So crossing my fingers, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers because who knows? Like we've seen we've seen directors and writers bow out of movies that we thought were solid and gold. So. Yeah, exactly. And Aquaman, I, I feel really good about. I mean, everyone's getting ready. Uh, again, I agree with you. The design on Black Manta is one of the coolest things ever. Uh, everyone knows I'm an avid pop vinyl collector from Funko. And uh, more so this week than ever, as Mike would know from our text messages. And <laughs> the Black Manta pop is really cool with his like big wide head and those red eyes. And, like, oh, cool. His, his head looks like a spaceship, alien spaceship, and but the rest of him's like underwater. It harkens back to kind of like that um, Space Ghost, Hanna-Barbera days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of vibe. And I re- the pop is just that much cooler because it t- it's so wide and, and really alien-esque. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's coming out October 5th of next year, 2018. So um, Hopefully. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on board Aquaman. I know they're, they've had to sit down for the table read. They're, they've been scouting locations. I think if anything's going to hit its release date outside of this year it's definitely going to be aquaman so i'm um, all on board that and some other things that have been switching around lately uh is the uh black lightning tv show we've not talked about this in a while mm-hmm. actually and uh it's a tv show based on the dc comic character black lightning fox was supposed to pick up the show it's one of those produced by greg berlanti of the arrowverse supergirl mm-hmm. fame fox passed on the pilot mike and um in that in that moment of weakness, CW has come through and picked it up and ordered it to series. So it kind of makes me wonder, if is CW actually swooping in, or is the CW the dumping ground for shows that just don't work on bigger networks? I mean, we've seen Supergirl kind of get dumped on the CW when it couldn't when it couldn't manage uh, the CBS's audience. So, uh, I mean, I hope hopefully that's not the case for Black Lightning, but I was going to take this moment talking about uh, Black Lightning to say, that this week I have officially given up on Arrow, so I'm not going to be watching Arrow anymore. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised I lasted this long. I'm sure a lot of people dropped off after last season. And then I was, I was watching the most recent episode just the other day, and I realized I, I had it going on in the background, you know, because sometimes, I, you know, I'm very lukewarm on the show as it is already. So when I have it on, I'm usually doing something else. And after that episode ended, I, I realized I don't think I ever looked up from what I was doing once to see what was going on because nothing on the screen was engaging enough to even to get me to glance my head up and see what was going on on the screen. So I just uh, I'm not going to be watching Arrow anymore. I've officially given up on it. So. Uh, I, I, I have the idea of I think they either need to get Stephen Amell out of there, either kill him off or have him walk off into the sunset and just bring in some fresh blood and just recast um, uh, the Green Arrow as like just somebody else taking up the mantle, try to reinvent the show, or just take him off the air entirely and bring in Black Lightning, you know, make some room. I think we're done with Arrow. We don't need him anymore in the CW universe with his own standalone show. I'm sure he can come swoop back in and make cameos, but Stephen Amell, go do something else because your character arc has been totally done on that show, so maybe Black Lightning can fill that hole. Yeah, I don't think they've run that show into the ground enough yet, Mike, so uh, <laughs> once they're beating dead horses over there, uh, I think I think they'll, they'll They've literally... That. I can't even keep track of how many people have come back from the dead, so they are literally beating dead horses on that show, so... Well, that that's that's what you get in a superhero world, Mike. <laughs> uh, but Black Lightning, I think, um, if they say if it does come to CW, they'll have to make some changes, but they don't know if it's going to exist in the Arrowverse or not, mm. um, which... Is okay. I mean, it doesn't have to. I guess Supergirl still doesn't, but they have that loophole where they can jump back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could technically be another world. It could be part of it. I don't know. I I think uh, that we've we've always talked about you know since they moved Legends of Tomorrow to Tuesday, what was going to fill that Thursday superhero slot? Mm-hmm. And uh, the CW I think is a great place for these lower budget superhero shows. I think if that's your thing. If that's what you're into, this is a you want to go to one channel and watch it. I don't want to have to be flipping channels to find all my shows, man. So okay. I'm I'm totally on board. Black Lightning on the CW. That that's my that's my two cents on it, I guess. Well, let's let's cross our fingers, man. I hope it's good. We do because I'm going to talk about a show I did not think was good, Mike. <laughs> and that's the debut of NBC's Powerless this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and we literally we both watched it like what two hours ago. 
Yeah, uh, just before we hopped on these mics. Before we hopped on the show, I I forgot it came out this week. I totally spaced it. I I had no idea, and um. I'm, I downloaded it and we, I watched it uh, today, and you watched it today. I, did you forget it was out too? Yeah, I I think it was probably another thing where it popped up in some sort of advertised feed, either on Instagram or Twitter. I saw something that it had premiered, so I was just like, oh, we should probably watch this. Yeah, so uh, that's um, definitely uh, one of those things. I Powerless started off as. And an insurance company, an insurance claims company for a mm-hmm. city that's attacked by superheroes. Well, they revamped it, and now it's a 30-minute show about the R&D department at Wayne Tech. Yeah. Uh, so now, when you when you were watching this uh, this uh, pilot episode, did you kind of get a little bit of feeling of some of the old show that was left in there a little bit? I, um, I, I definitely saw there were scenes filmed that they just kind of glossed over and reused the footage. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, and I think that might kind of fit into the whole theme of what I thought about this pilot. Uh, you kind of summed it up in a different way when you sent me a text message that said, this show's kind of weird, where it just seems really, really discombobulated. Like, the ideas in this show are really, really clever. I really like the idea of that all of these people are, are working for Wayne Tech, trying to make things that help the average normal person kind of uh, go through their life without getting smashed by like a supervillain dropping like a piano or something like that. So I, I like that idea, and I think I, I think it's kind of funny that uh, Alan Tudyk's character just wants to get a promotion to Gotham, and his brother's Bruce Wayne, and I and I thought there were some funny Cousin. jokes. Yeah, cousin, whatever. And I thought there were some uh, funny jokes in there, kind of related around the superhero universe. There, I will, I will admit, there are a few times in this this pilot where I actually had a good laugh, but it just feels so clunky. Like it feels like the type. <laughs> it, it feels like a pilot where I don't. If it wasn't based on DC superheroes, I feel like it would have had a hard time getting like even like six episodes ordered. You know. Like they're they're luckily that they can, they can rely on this very famous IP to get themselves over the hump, but I almost feel like this might be like a little bit of like a Parks and Rec situation, and I only use Parks and Rec because it was also an NBC show. Like maybe after six episodes of Powerless, they'll kind of find their footing and find their groove, you know, since they kind of were mashed up a little bit with that weird insurance uh, type show. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna watch the next six episodes, but maybe, but maybe in a couple months, maybe I'll I'll turn an episode on and see if it's gotten any better. You know? Yeah. So I I'm in the same boat. Like this, you see the remnants of this old show uh, where she's talking to her dad, and like they cut out her dialogue, and it's just voiceover. <laughs> um, yeah. the, this villain, like this vil- Starro, technically is the same. A starfish villain spits on her window while she's cleaning up something. Uh, She's talking about growing up not in the city, and then there's all these things of her in the city already. And I'm like, okay, this is obviously a rewrite, and you're just reusing old footage to save time. But it felt very forced. Like, this show was, like, shoved down my throat. Like, she's going to come in and be the perky one who saves the day. I mean, like, her optimism is... Talk about taking... Like, I felt like one of the victims in The Walking Dead. (laughs) Negan just beating a baseball bat over my head, like... That's all yeah. she was she was doing the same thing over and over again. And while the, the other characters are like, okay, the other girl on the team doesn't like her. Like she made like yeah. an annoying device. We get it. We don't you don't like her at all. You don't have to say yeah, it every that, time you're on the screen. Yeah, she was not funny at all. I mean, I was looking forward to the show mainly for Alan Tudyk and Danny Pudi, and I'm happy to say that they were my favorite parts of the show. Like I I am hoping that the show is successful just because I love those guys and it would be awesome if I could if I could turn on my TV and see them every week because I'm really big fans of them. Um I was I was a little underwhelmed by Ronald Funches, which is a disappointment because he's always so funny when he's on like shows like At Midnight. He's an hilarious stand-up comedian so i'm hoping maybe his character gets fleshed out a little bit better but i can totally agree with you vanessa hudgens character was just too saccharine sweet it was just she's oh it was grating so like i was kind of hoping she might have a little bit more dimension to her i was hoping maybe at some point in time she'd get like pissed off and really mad and kind of show her teeth but no she just acted too much kind of like a child so uh yeah it's just it's it's clunky it's not clean i think maybe if they started at the very beginning of creating the show at the angle that it was going to be uh, a Wayne tech or whatever mm-hmm. could have worked out better for them. But um, 
it's probably good that maybe they're leaning off of some of the superhero special effects because they weren't that good at the very uh, opening of the show. I don't know what you thought. Uh, I mean, I th- we originally knew that that she was mad at the the Crimson Fox and, because she's like, oh, we got to get to work for this insurance thing. I, I I could tell that that was also recut to make it look fancy. Um, mm. I I think that to me the thing is I hate the theme song at the beginning because it's uh, like a, a a rip of the Office's theme song a little bit, mm-hmm. but I love the animation of the introduction. Uh, yeah, using that- the old comic books. Yeah, that was one thing I had to tell you right away when I was watching it. I was like, oh, I can't forget it. Because that was the, it's the most clever opening title sequence I think I've ever seen. So just to describe it, it, um, it shows like kind of this, this montage parallax of these old vintage comic book covers. So you, the first one you see is that classic first uh, cover of Superman where he's holding up the car. And then it, it's kind of focusing on Superman. And all of a sudden it zooms into the background and you see this tertiary character that's just in the background running away screaming. And then it says, oh, Vanessa Hudgens. And then the next, it goes to the similar thing where it goes the next one. And you see a character in the background and it kind of looks like Danny Pudi. So the opening credits actually do a really good job of telling you what the show is going to be about, of just the people that are affected by the superheroes. So, uh, I, yeah. So I will give props to whoever... Whoever on the creative team came with those opening title sequences, that was super clever and super awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's one of the, the standout points of this uh, for me. So uh, and that, and you know, I think the humor is going to be there. I'm going to give it three episodes, the first three episodes, to see if they finally found something to do uh, before I stop. But I I just think of this show and the other show premiering next week, Legion, Legion's going to steal my time in attention away. Uh, mm-hmm. This just felt too. This is obviously a large network comedy show. This is, I, I want to say it's. It leans towards the Big Bang Theory more than it does comic book movies. Yeah, so. they're there for the broad appeal. They're not there for like um, a small audience. Yeah, so that's that's kind of kind of where I am on that. So, um, it, it, any last words on that, Mike? I mean, I think I think we've kind of we did short of beating it like a dead horse. You know, um, any other thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, I think I think they can still turn it around, but uh, it's B minus C plus for me. B minus C plus. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I definitely I would I would say probably a C. Yeah, I give it a C. You're right. Yeah, good call. Good call. Um, speaking of other shows that are coming out on the Marvel side now, Cloak and Dagger. We talked about this a little bit last week, and um, we were wrong. We cat we our 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 rumored sources were way off. <laughs> and um, the they but because Marvel listens to our show, they obviously yes. heard what we were doing and decided to um, correct us. And they've given us the actual actors with Olivia Holt and Aubrey Joseph. Um, yeah, well, I mean, similar to what happened last week, whereas I don't know who these people are either, which is just kind of making me feel like an old man. Uh, no, none of these two really look familiar to me. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just very similar to what we were talking about last week. So just more young actors that are set for this role. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying young ant- actors are interchangeable, but young actors are pretty in- interchangeable, it looks like. So, um, yeah, I, I, I there's not two- much I can... <laughs> I think these two have less clout than the other ones did. I, I would, I think more people might tune in and be like, "Oh, I recognize that guy from Heroes ten years ago," mm-hmm. um, and now I'm just like, "Who the hell are these people?" Like, <laughs> I, and this is going to be a, a, a trend that happens because you know that you're like, "We're getting old." Like, yep. we, we don't know what's going on, and um, we've included a picture of these actors. Uh, I think Aubrey Joseph is uh, the most known. He did the show The Night of. I think that's a... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was on H. It was like a mini drama series on HBO. I think it had a lot of really good appeal. So, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's, if he's if he's on HBO. <laughs> yeah, so he was in The Night Of, and I've heard really good things about that show. So, um, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, um, I guess, NBC's or ABC's Freeform does with it, I guess, you know. Uh-huh. NBC, I don't know. Freeform, whatever it is. Uh, who owns it? Hulu is also doing some casting this week with Marvel for The Runaways. I think this is the bigger show. Um, Hulu, uh, I guess Hulu hasn't de- de- dove into the comic book movies or superhero shows. Not and quite yet. This is the first one with Marvel's uh, property, The Runaways, which has always been talked about for probably another decade. And they're finally doing it, and they officially unveiled the cast, and I know zero of these <laughs> actors as well. 
<laughs> well, I mean, what I did instantly when I was reading this cast list is I looked what was in parentheses for where these people were from. So we have Teen Wolf, uh, The Affair, New Girl, 100 Things to Do Before High School, Faking It. Uh, I think this was a frat movie called Goat. So I don't know who any of these people are. So it feels similar to the Cloak and Dagger news. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon. Obviously, you got to cast younger people. So it's not like I'm expecting you to get younger people that I know. So uh, I'm going to just trust Marvel and their casting department and they know what they're doing. So um, I really don't know much about the Runaways. So I'm going to be going into this series kind of blind. So it's cool that it's getting made. I mean, Marvel's mm-hmm. really stretching out their tendrils. I mean, they got Netflix, Hulu, ABC Freeform, ABC. They kind of got uh, in over there uh, at FX with Legion. So Marvel's all over the place, man. They're dominating. They they really are, and and I think I think that's awesome. Um, so just to, for you and everyone else, the Runaways is essentially a, a group of kids who um, are young and find out their parents have superpowers, and then of course they have some abilities as well. But their parents are villains, super villains, so they, they don't want to be villains. So they are trying to like team up to stop their parents or run away from their parents. Mm-hmm. And so they don't get into the super villain lifestyle. Um, of these, um, the the character Nico Minoru, her mother was in technically in Doctor Strange. Now, I don't know if they'll reference that in the movie or the TV show at all, that mm-hmm. she was, uh, that she's a, a magician. They could. They, I mean, why wouldn't they say, hey, Doctor Strange, we're still over here and Hulu. Uh, but that would be the only one I think has uh, any source outside of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, uh, this is definitely something that I want to pick up and read now. Um, more so, I know a lot of people love it. It's a lot of people really love it. And I, I think I'll just have to pick it up and read it and finally catch up and see what all the, the hype is about on the on the books. All the, so. all the hubbub. Yeah, I know. Uh, of all the books I have... Runaways aren't one of them. Well, technically, I have a Runaways, but it's not related to this one, so whatever. My favorite part of the episode, where we get to talk about the Inhumans. <laughs> uh, the director, uh, Roll Ryan, I, I don't know if I said it right. The director has been testing IMAX cameras, and he posted on Twitter, and then he took it down like almost immediately after, so I don't know what was going on with that. Um, but at the same time, an actress uh, from Arrow... Uh, Alicia Rotaru, uh, she posted that she was really excited to work on this. I believe um, she was, was she a Russian person in Arrowverse? Uh, I was trying to, I can't pronounce her name. Tayana Vindekatov? I don't know. I, honestly, it, 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 I think she was in the last season of Arrow, which yeah. I think a lot of people do their best to block out of their mind. So, um, yeah, maybe if she can hop on the Inhumans track, maybe she'll be doing a little bit better. Yeah, I think she's in, she's on like 12 episodes of it, and uh, she's a little bit, um, she's not a younger actress, so a lot of people think that she's playing Medusa, the um, uh, the wife and queen of Black Bolt, of the Inhumans, mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, I think she's got the look to play the wife of Black Bolt, uh, Medusa, I mean, her hair is not naturally red, but, I mean, to have hair that moves on its own, like, they're gonna have to do some effects anyway, um, and she looks a little older to be uh, Crystal, the, sis- the younger sister of Medusa. So um, I, I, if she's part of it, I'm okay with that. I, I don't know what else. I'm, I'm waiting for the official casting announcements, which ought to be any moment if they're casting Cloak and Dagger and they're getting ready to film the Inhumans for that that big, uh, I guess, Labor Day you know, premiere in the theaters. Yeah. Are you going to that, Mike? I never asked you if you were going to go to the, the Inhumans at the theater. You know what? There's a good chance I'm going. <laughs> okay, all right, that's cool. I'm, I'm gonna go as many times as my wife will let me. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe just buying an all-day ticket and sitting there several times, uh, and, and and conversing with people who walk in like, oh, you want to know about the Inhumans? Let me tell you everything. I'll be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be doing a public service. That's right. Marvel should pay me. I will hype the Inhumans up so hard. Have you been catching up with Agents of Shield as well? Yeah, I actually I am caught up with Agents of Shield. Good, good. I, I, some people have fallen off the, the, the wagon, but I know they, they shouldn't be because LMD season is awesome. And this past episode had um, uh, the Koenig brothers, played by Patton Oswalt, show up. And um, there's another actress from Always Sunny who appeared in this episode, which I thought was awesome. I don't know if you're an Always Sunny fan or not. Oh, I love Always Sunny. So did you catch that? Are you, are you caught up to enough to know 
who it was? Um, I don't know if I saw this week's episode then, because I know Patton Oswalt is supposed to be returning to the show. So, okay. uh, if you didn't see Patton Oswalt's episode, then this is gonna fall. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you anything. However, we know the season is about life model decoys, and in the 100%. Avengers, <laughs> and in the Avengers, they uh, Tony Stark says you've reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, how can they do that? Like this is the first time. Well, it's not true. Apparently, Shield has had options um in in like their thing where they use life model decoys to an extent so uh agents of shield clarified the, the avengers comment and uh, so on and so forth so uh for those people who are worried about continuity this isn't <laughs> fox okay marvel's gonna make it work they 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 cleared it up for us i, I actually right. forgot he said that in the avengers like, <laughs> way You're over always, my head you're always on the lookout to keep us from uh, having uh, continuity aneurysms. Well, if if you guys go out there and spread misinformation, I'm just going to be upset. Really, that's <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. So, uh, the Defenders uh, is coming up, and the working title of it is Group Therapy. We might have said that before, but some, a couple images show uh, Sigourney Weaver on set giving us one of her faces. <laughs> I don't know what kind of face it is, but she's giving it to us, and it shows Group. Therapy uh, looks supposed to be episode five. Uh, director Yuta Bracewitz, maybe I don't know. Well, that's the face that you look when you're sitting at dinner and you start to see your food come out from the kitchen, and you're like, "Mmm, here comes the pizza." That's the face Sigourney Weaver's making. Oh, so you think you someone's someone's bringing her garlic bread? Is that what someone's, they're doing? Someone's bringing her fixins. That's oh, what. Oh. That. <laughs> God damn it! I set you up for that, didn't I? Oh man! Yeah, you did. I did well. Oh well. Uh, so Yuna Breslowitz, she's a um, German cinematographer and film director. So she may be the cinematographer or not, but she did um, work on The Wire, uh, the TV show The Wire. So I that's I think that's uh, I think right. that's pretty so cool. That's a good show. That's a that's a good thing to hear. I mean, I don't think we're too worried about the Defenders turning out well on our end. So, but still good news. Yeah, it definitely looks cold in the set. So uh, definitely definitely looks cold. Filming late at night there, almost almost uh, eight o'clock. In New York, so <laughs> oh well. Um, and nextly, uh, I, I, I skipped one. Iron Fist. Uh, did we talk about this Iron Fist news here? I think I skipped no, it. No, I, I think you got too excited to look at um, look at that uh, Fixin's face. Oh my god, I did. So we're gonna go <laughs> back a little bit and and look at this Iron Fist this banner for the show uh, that Marvel released, showing Danny Rand with his tattoo and doing the glowing fist to himself. Uh, I can't tell what's around him if that's like maybe sparks or fire, uh, but I'm I'm really yeah, excited that's for Iron what Fist. It looks like yeah, uh, I'm really excited for Iron Fist. I, I don't know. I, I hope everyone else is as well. Netflix originals haven't let us down um, yet, and I think I think Iron Fist is going to continue that trend of quality quality shows. Yeah, bring us into Defenders, man. Uh, I'm just like even whether Iron Fist is good or not, I we just need it out of the way so we can start to get Defenders footage. You you really just want Defenders? You just want to get to the end <laughs> result, man? Yeah. Oh well, that's fine. That's fine. Guardians of the Galaxy again. Hopefully, we get a trailer this weekend. Uh, we get to take a look at uh, Mantis in some officially released screenshots from Marvel. There's a bunch of other ones, like a handful, but this high res. Illusion, you know, we get to see Drax uh, returning in all his glory, and then uh, Mantis. It, she looks to maybe be crying or upset at something. I, I don't know what. Um, but her her antenna seemed to be CGI'd on, do you think? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to tell, but Mantis is so interesting to look at because you just, you have those big giant kind of like eyelashes with like the basically no whites in her eyes. So like, she's got this whole look going on, so I can't even really focus on her little antenna there, but, uh, it's pretty cool. I think she's going to be a fun character. Yeah. She got little feelers on the end of them. It's cool. I mean, I, I, I want to see her in action and I'm Mm -hmm. really hoping that, you know, uh, this time, I guess 24, 25 hours from now, we'll be uh, be talking about Guardians via text messages, man, because I'm going to be so hyped. So hyped. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast live-action movie is coming out the same day that uh, Iron Fist does, March 17th, and the final live-action trailer has landed, and we finally got the tale as old as time, whatever, Beauty and the Beast song from... Ariana Grande and John Legend, which when you said the, when I said those two names the first time, I was like, ugh. <laughs> but the song actually works. It actually works. And this live-action trailer gives us... I mean, it's essentially the the cartoon movie scene for scene in live-action. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What do you think? I, are you gonna are you guys gonna go watch this? I mean, I, I like I'm not. It looks like basically. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it just because uh, it's a live-action Disney movie. I'm kind of... uh, I don't know how I feel about them quite yet, even though I hear Jungle Book is good. Good for you, John Favreau. Good for you, Jungle Book. But uh, I can tell this movie is going to make a ton of money. So uh, this is Disney? Yeah, good on Disney and good on um, Emma Watson. Uh, I thought the coolest part of the trailer was adding was actually getting to see the beast talk, kind of to see the animation that they made this CG beast actually kind of look pretty cool when he's just ca- talking, having a casual conversation. So I like that brief moment. That was pretty cool. So um, I, I, I'm going to see it. I just don't know if I'm necessarily going to be rushing into a theater, but uh, it looks pretty cool. See, I think, you know, something you brought up just now, um, so the Beast is the actor Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens is the main character in Legion coming out. So he's going to have a brand new TV show and a big movie going on at the same time. He's going to be mm-hmm. so hot right now. And <laughs> the, the problem with signing up for this Beauty and the Beast live action movie, or maybe it's not a problem, is there's no sequel. <laughs> um, there's no franchise here, you know? Because when it's over, it's over. We've seen the, we've seen the real movie unless they tweak it. Um, do you think that's something you know the actors are, are aware of when they sign up for it? You're like this is going to open doors, or this is kind of a one and done thing. <laughs> I don't, I mean, they made a sequel to The Huntsman, or so maybe maybe they'll try to make something pretty crappy after. I don't think so. I don't think they really care. I think when you're making a a live action adaption of like a classic Disney animated movie that people have grown up and love, especially these actors are right around the same age. Uh, where they've probably watched these growing up over and over again. They're probably just happy to be involved. I mean, I, I think a franchise work isn't necessarily something you need to do for an actor to make a living. They're going to get their millions of dollars any other way. So I'm not I'm not too worried about them buying a third or fourth car. So I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's the only one I think in this movie that I know is not in a franchise because uh, yeah, Luke Evans was in the harry potter or not harry potter movies lord of the rings and emma watson was in the harry potter one so i was just curious i mean i'm like that's something you gotta really take into consideration these days because everybody wants to franchise 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 mike yeah that's right and and that's that's our word that's our f word in, on the show <laughs> count the times we say it han solo they're filming it mike yeah and they are. we've got our first shot from the movie in production and it came with one simple title on twitter and what's that phrase mike it is Red Cup, and I will be the first to say, uh, kind of uh, uh, embarrassing myself here, is I did not get the, the joke or the double entendre or whatever it was called. <laughs> I felt really stupid for a while. I was like, why are they calling it Red Cup? I don't get it. Like, is this just some sort of weird code name? I guess, you know, sometimes they give these really big movies odd code names. And it took me a while, and then when it dawned on me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. So... If you don't get it out there already, like I didn't, uh, Solo as in the Red Solo Cup, mm-hmm. so Han Solo, yes, I felt pretty dumb. <laughs> well, you actually jumped to the second point. The first point I was going to make is that it says Han shot first, which is funny because they're shooting the movie. Where does it Where does it say that? Oh, when you click on the Twitter link. Oh, actually in the tweet. Okay, I was looking in the photo. Oh, no, no that's cool. Uh, what's cool on this photo, on this slate here, um, since we are named the superhero slate and this is a slate, I took a look at it. Uh, they're filming it in 6K resolution. Ooh, which, nice. Which, that's a high resolution movie. <laughs> yeah. I think Guardians was 8K and this they're doing this one in 6K. So the resolution's getting higher. Can't wait to buy 6K TV to watch my Red Solo <laughs> movie on. You need as many pixels as possible when you're going to try to find a way to probably graft uh, a face onto other faces, because that's what you do in Star Wars movies now. You're going to take people's faces, and you're going to put it on somebody else's face. That's right. I mean, I, I want to see a whole movie with the, the messed up face <laughs> doctor and his butt face friend from the New Hope and see where they go. Uh, or or maybe we could follow the Psy Snoodles band from Return of the Jedi and... And have Max Rebo play his little piano. All right. <laughs> now, now losing you. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I won Star Wars Trivial Pursuit a couple weekends ago at my friend's uh, birthday party. Oh, um, so now you're just showing off for I the am, audience. But I also have to give a shout out to uh, my uh, my friend John, his brother Tim Killender. I found it listens to the show every week. Tim, thanks for listening. And yeah, thanks, he liked Tim. our Star Wars stuff last week, so uh, I I beat him at the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, but not 
but he could whip my ass at arm wrestling, so we're <laughs> we're tied. Well, we're tied. Well, well, Tim, if you like our Star Wars stuff now, just wait until we actually start getting footage of the Last Jedi, and then I'm gonna get. I'll be in full gear when we get right. into the Star Wars segment. He 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 goes into uh, warp speed when when we talk <laughs> about Star Wars with that. All right. So while we're on Star Wars, more Star Wars, man. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Now we know the official title, of Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the first footage. Again, probably in April. This was my speculation I had before we started talking about it. Because uh-huh. I read about Star Wars Celebration Orlando. And I know how big Star Wars is down there because Disney. So, um, I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. And that maybe we get a teaser this weekend and a full trailer in April. Maybe That's maybe. what I'm hoping for, baby. So, Bring it. So, let's, let's cross our fingers, knock on wood, ignite our lightsabers, whatever we want to do. <laughs> Uh, the Logan movie is premiering, I think, at the Berlin Film Festival this weekend, or, or very, very soon, and they officially unveiled the synopsis, which I'm not going to reveal to you because I felt it may be a little give too much away. Well, but that's nice of you, man. I know. The runtime, however, is two hours and 15 minutes, which is about 30 minutes longer than I thought we'd get on a Logan movie. Yeah, well, cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's Hugh Jackman's last movie. Let's let's give him as as many minutes as we can. Mm-hmm. And then I went and looked a little more, and the Wolverine was two hours and sixteen minutes. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I thought <laughs> it'd be an hour forty five. So well, all right, throwing a bottle away. Sorry, had a had a had a frustration. <laughs> yeah, the frust. Yeah, I was like, ah, I was wrong, Chris. I was wrong. But afterwards, Fox may be able to do something right with Deadpool two. We're crossing our fingers. There's been, you know, some news, been some ups, some downs, uh, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago with a picture of uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds with Pierce Brosnan. But a new rumor, fresh, not related to the picture, says that Pierce Brosnan is in reported early negotiations to play Cable after all. Mm. I mean, uh, I'll just uh, briefly talk about what we talked about last time. I think we just kind of need a cable to be a big jacked dude. So I'm hoping maybe Pierce Brosnan can get big and jacked. You know, when I think of him as James Bond, he was kind of just like a slender, a slender dude in his kind of like tight fitting tux, you know, going around being a super spy. So I think cable kind of needs to go to a totally different direction. So I think Pierce Brosnan is, is an awesome actor. So I think he could pull off the character of Cable, at least on an emotional acting level, but I just hope he can get those bicep pythons out so he can hold these big jacked guns. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. I think I think Chris Rosen's like, yeah, he's very spy. He looks like a spy, not a, a time-traveling mutant who is was drawn in the mid-90s during the Rob mm-hmm. Liefeld era of Marvel. So, yeah. Uh, but I think he could bring some acting chops to it that, you know, we, that we could be surprised by. So, um... I don't know. I'm okay with it. I'm, We're optimistic. I'm it. We're optimistic. I think that's the best way to put it. Love it. Love it. So last bit, some unrelated stuff here. Not, I guess not superhero-y enough here, but we're going to talk about Dune, the movie we talked about before. Dennis Villeneuve has been confirmed to direct the reboot. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. No one has said that they like the movie Dune yet. Um, so if anyone out there likes Dune, let us know, and maybe we'll suffer <laughs> I mean, through it. I only know very little about the actual source material of Dune. I know so much more about everything else about Dune, about like all the craziness that has like happened with them trying to make that movie in the past, about even like the book series, I guess maybe went off the rails because the original author died and I think like the son or somebody else picked up the series and it got weird. I don't know. Apparently there's just lots of there's lots of stuff to mine out of Dune. So it sounds like that there could be a cool sci-fi movie there. And if anyone's going to do it, Dennis Villanueva, however you say his name, he is awesome. Like, I love that guy. Uh, he's been doing some really awesome stuff. I hear some people are basically kind of waiting to see how um, how well Blade Runner does mm-hmm. uh, because that's kind of going to be like a sci-fi action thing, you know, and Arrival was kind of more just sci-fi. So crossing my fingers, man, he... he, he I mean, I, he's already big right now in my head, but he could just be getting any, even bigger, you know? He's a little engine that could. I think he's like the Neil Blom camp who's not going to beat us over the head with, like, environmental messages. So <laughs> I'm on board with that. Uh, we got a little look, our first look at Star Trek Discovery as well, the upcoming Star Trek show we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, we, they delayed it. They pushed it back, but they're finally filming it. They've got a cast and crew. I believe there was a big name in there. I can't remember who it was. 
um, who is who is hired to to be on the, the cast list. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. But uh, you just watched it for the first time earlier. What did you think? of it uh i mean basically it was i feel like it's just a way to to make people happy like uh sorry we don't have any footage yet you know we delayed shooting of the show a little bit so here's just some uh narration along with some sped up footage of the set being built i mean mm-hmm. i mean i'm not trying to be like cynical or anything but uh I, I mean i i've never really been that deep into the the star trek tv show verse so i think it's cool that it's coming back and i believe it's coming back kind of in a serialized fashion like in the same way of like like um, American Horror Story and um, like Fargo, right? It's just going to be kind of like one-off seasons. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I honestly can't tell you. I know it's coming to CBS All Access, and yeah, they're like digital 13 network. episodes. Yeah, um, so it's going to be a little different. But it's our first Star Trek TV show since 2005, I think. So it's been a long time coming with the new TV sh- or the new movie reboots, and it's got Doug Jones in it. Um, Doug Jones is uh, known. He was the Silver Surfer. Uh, he was in Hellboy as the Abe Sapien. Uh, he's mm-hmm. always in like prosthetic makeups uh, and uh, all sorts of movies and stuff like that. He's very known for like becoming the character. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I he's he's a big, he's in Pan's Labyrinth. Worked with Guillermo del Toro. Quite he a looks bit. he looks a little alien. So maybe he won't be playing a full fledged human. Yeah. So he he definitely fits right into it. Uh, he was also in the movie Tank Girl uh, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, remember that. Uh, and also uh, Michelle uh, Yeoh, uh, she's from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the main actress in there who jumped around from tree to tree. Uh, <laughs> all so, nimbly bimbly. All nimbly bimbly. Uh, so it's got some big names coming into it. Uh, really excited to uh, maybe maybe watch my first Star Trek show, Mike. Uh, it would be my first one. So, And lastly, Samurai Jack. I think you're kind of excited for this. Ooh, um, you know it. There's a, been a new teaser video saying Jack's back with a March 2017 return. So sooner than later, we're going to be back to watching Samurai Jack. Oh, I am so excited. Uh, I've been slowly kind of working my way through uh, the episodes that they have up on Hulu, rewatching the, uh, I guess, the uh, what has already aired in the past. So uh, I'm very, very, very <laughs> excited for that. It's, it's an understatement. So I will be all over this on March, and we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more on the show just because um, uh, I'm so in love with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the best thing, I mean, one of the cool things is about the much like Star Trek, is it's been 13 years since the show ended, and uh-huh. uh, they're bringing it back for a fifth season with the, you know, the same uh, kind of creative talents behind it, and um, looking forward to this fifth season here. So uh, and it, it's coming back with blood. It's coming back with the original creator. I can never say his name right, but I believe it's Gengi Kartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Yeah, uh, he he's awesome. He's been working in animation for a long time. He's uh, he's he's the real deal. So uh, he was. He also no, did. There, he did the uh, animated Star Wars Clone Wars series. Yes, very true. There's there is no reason not to be insanely hyped for this. So I am putting so much hype behind this. So you know I'm stoked, man. Yeah, I know, and I, that's why I had to have it in here for you, man. I know Samurai Jack coming back is is for Mike. So there we Watcha. go. Watcha! Watcha! So that's it for our I guess uh, our first episode of the weekend. Uh, we 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 got an hour out of it surprisingly enough. So. Um, Mike, if people want to find you while you um, watch the Super Bowl, maybe I don't know if you're going to be live tweeting. I might live tweet my my sarcasm and angst for watching <laughs> sports ball. Uh, where can people find you at, Mike, if they want to? Well, see well, they can at. find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, your Funko Pop collection is growing so large, I'm afraid one day it's going to fall on you and kill you. So if people want to see the last moments of that pop vinyl before it crashes into your skull and kills you and you uh, live, baby, live stream it. I'm going to uh, periscope can, that shit. <laughs> where, where can they find that? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, and also I'll be posting all the Super Bowl trailers on ComicUI.com for you to to catch up on afterwards and uh again look forward to some more film side chat podcasts uh, to release once once those are recorded and, and ready to go um but yeah i'm probably gonna live tweet tomorrow during the game because there's just me and and my my in-laws coming over so uh I, sports ball is not my thing i was lucky to get the teams right this year <laughs> so that was one thing i was proud of so uh yeah i I don't know i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to our our show afterwards talking about like fresh hot off the press if you will 
And uh, if people are listening to us now, maybe it's always someone's first superhero slate. That's what I like to tell ourselves. And mm-hmm. if this is their first superhero slate, where can they find more of us at, Mike? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show if you're not subscribed yet. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to pick up any uh, Superhero Slate official merch like shirts, mugs, uh, other uh, other assortment things you can find that on superheroslate.com slash store and uh, if you're a fan of the show please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen or watch the show drop us a comment a like a subscribe what else whatever you gotta do I don't know there's so many avenues you can you can do uh, interact with the show out there just I don't google really us know what all the, I don't know what all the actions are but uh, uh, the best thing is is if you're a super fan of the show if you really like what we're doing here just share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week sometimes multiple times a week so sure. stay tuned stay tuned uh, for tomorrow where we're going to hop on these mics uh, as soon as the as soon as the big game's over and we're going to talk about all the commercials and all the trailers and um, we'll look forward to talking to you guys then yeah yeah don't forget to tag us uh, on any social media that you have during the Super Bowl if you see a trailer you want us to talk about or a commercial so tag us and, and we'll, we'll make sure to add it to our list probably so yeah yeah um, yeah I guess in the meantime, Mike, uh, it's about dinner time here, so I'm going to go get me some fixins. Oh, yeah, you go get yourself some fixins. Oh, I'm going to get some fixins, so I will catch (laughs) you tomorrow, buddy. All right, goodbye, man. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. You can't eat cranberries outside in November, December. You're out of season.